what you've experienced that doesn't change the Word of God, He's real. And one day, your eyes are going to close for the last time and your breath is going to leave your body for the last time. And you're going to know how real He was. And what a shame to be on that day and to, to make it. Let's say we make it, right? Let's say we make it to heaven. But what a shame to know that there was more and we stopped short. To know that there was deeper and we became satisfied where we were. May we never become satisfied where we are. But may the deeper of God draw us into the deepness. Are you there, church? Don't stop short. There's more. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Brother, if you've got those scriptures, can you pull up there 1 John 1 9 for me? 1 John 1 9, what does it say? If we confess our sins, what? Is he faithful? What is he faithful to do? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what? All in righteousness. This morning we talked about being in right standing with God. I'm going with that again right now. He's faithful. He's faithful to do what he said he would do. And again, I tell you, just because you haven't seen what you believe in God to do doesn't mean he's not faithful. And again, it doesn't mean necessarily that you got a lack of faith. Come sometimes we got to, what the old timers used to call, you got to pray through. Do we know what that means today? That means you keep standing and you keep praying until. Is there any old school people in the house that remembers the terminology you got to pray through? Do you remember what that means? Do you remember what our grandparents meant by that? He's faithful. He's faithful. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you. What? Except what's such, such as common to man. But God is. Is He faithful tonight? Is He faithful to do what He said He would do? Is He faithful? It doesn't matter what the, somebody down the street said. Is He faithful? Doesn't matter what CNN and Fox is saying. Is He faithful? Doesn't matter what the doctors have declared. Is He faithful? What's He faithful to do? He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And you're sitting there saying, you don't understand what I'm going through. Let's read the Word of God. Your situation doesn't change the Word of God. Now let's be honest. Sometimes our situations are self-inflicted. But that still doesn't mean that God doesn't give you the grace to walk it out because He's faithful. Church, is He faithful? Is He faithful to your life? Is He faithful to your children? Is He faithful to your grandchildren? Is He faithful to His Word? Is He faithful to the promises that He's given in the past? When you were when you were this big and somebody prophesied over you, and you were a youth and you went to youth camp and somebody prophesied and it hadn't come to pass, is He still faithful to bring it to pass? First Corinthians chapter one verse nine. God is. Is that what that screen says? Is He faithful? By whom you were called into the fellowship of his fellowship of his son, who? Jesus Christ our Lord. In the fellowship of his son. Is he faithful? I'm asking you. Over and over, you gotta get this. He's faithful. Doesn't matter what the preacher down the road said or did, and somebody ran off with this and took that money and did this and did that. What matters is God faithful. People abused you, people lied about you, doesn't change the faithfulness of God. They stole from us. 
They did it. But we got to release them and get in the faithfulness of God. You there, church? 2 Thessalonians 3 3. But the Lord is. Are y'all getting this yet? He's faithful. Who will establish you and guard you from the evil one? Is that what the Word of God says? No matter what name you want to put on the evil one, is he faithful? Right now, the hot word is the coronavirus. In another week or two, it'll be another hot word. And in another month, it'll be another hot word. Then you go to the doctor and they want to do a colonoscopy. And all of a sudden, everything in the world is all twisted upside because there's another hot word in your life. To look at that, I want you to read it with me. The Lord is faithful. Who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Come on, that ought to give somebody some shout. Is he going to guard you from the evil one? Remember this morning, Luke 9, 1 and 2, he gave authority and power over all demons and to cure disease. You remember that? Come on, there's another verse to, to, to come alongside that one. The Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Is he going to guard you? Is he going to keep you? Is he going to establish you? Will he keep your feet from stumbling? But even if I should fall, I'm going to rise up again. I will not be dismayed. Because again, I tell you, sometimes there's self-inflicted problems. And we're looking in a room where some of us are self-inflicted in situations. Can God still deliver? Yes, He most certainly can if we'll get real with God and confess it and believe Him. So I'm telling you, He's faithful. He's faithful, I tell you. He's faithful, I tell you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24. He who calls you is faithful, and he will also do it. Sometimes we just need to be reminded he's faithful. He's faithful, I tell you. He's faithful. I was supposed to be in Vietnam in a month from right now. Because of the situation, airlines and governments, I can't go. Doesn't change the faithfulness of God. Three days ago, I got an invitation to Pakistan. Supposed to go later this year. But they sent an invitation saying, we want you to preach via, via live feed. And we're going to put you in a village that's never heard the gospel. You, hear, you hearing what I'm telling you? From here, from USA, a live stream over there. They're going to throw me up in a field into a village. And what you've got to understand is most of the people that will be hearing me preach are indentured servants. They'll never get out of slavery. Because of something somebody has done, their family's enslaved. And they don't have the money to get out. You and I don't know what that's like. They're in slavery. And they're going to come when they get off work from the brickyard. And they're going to put them in a field. They're going to throw me up on a screen like this. I'm going to preach the gospel. And hundreds will get saved. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. There will be healing. There will be miracles. There will be blinded eyes. There will be lame people walking. And I'm sitting wherever I'm at here in the USA. Are you there? Because he's faithful. He's faithful to His Word. He will perform His Word. 
You don't have to worry about it. You preach the gospel. You know, I by chance, the guy that was sitting over here last time I'm here because the same anointing that was over here is over here. You the same guy? Preach the gospel. What are y'all to each other, Brian? Explains a lot. Holy Ghost. That's really your brother? Like natural brother? Wow. Holy Ghost. He's faithful. God is faithful. Where are we at? 2 Timothy 2.13 If we are faithless Come on, y'all read that with me. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. He cannot deny Himself. Come on. There's some good scriptures, church. Come on, I'm telling you. I don't care where you've been, what you've been through. I don't care how people see you, how they view you, what they say about you. He remains faithful. You hear me? He remains faithful. You've been faithless. He's still faithful. You're still alive. you still got breath in your body. Let's repent. Let's go on. So your family knows you this way. So the judge knows you this way. Doesn't change the faithfulness of God. So we didn't do it the way we should have done it. Come on, let's repent. Let's go on to the faithfulness of God. When I've been faithless, He's been faithful. He cannot deny Himself. Because you know what? We serve a God who cannot lie. And He's not a man that He would lie to you. We serve the faithfulness of God. I'm telling you, you need to get your scriptures and stand on them. You got dreams and visions God's given you. You need to get your scriptures and stand on them. Don't you back down. He's faithful. He's faithful, I tell you. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast what? Our confession of a hope without wavering for he who promised is. Are y'all catching these verses yet? Are you catching what I was going to talk about right here? What? Y'all getting it? He's faithful. I'm being funny here. Come on. He's faithful. He's faithful. So your children are not doing what they should be doing. God's faithful. Keep believing, Mama. Keep standing, Daddy. Keep, 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 keep. Doesn't change the faithfulness of God. Young person doesn't change the faithfulness of God. So our whole world's getting twisted, turned upside down right now. I don't think we've seen it yet. What's really happening? Because we haven't seen the recession that's tried to hit us yet. And all the businesses that tried to fold and everything else. Do not worry. You need to get in the faithfulness of God. You got to know what the Spirit of God's saying and follow Him. Be led by His Spirit. But do not be worrying and fretting over it. Principals are trying to figure out what to do with school. And how, how are we going to figure all this stuff out? God's got a plan. He's got a plan. And He's faithful to walk you through it. All these teachers are looking, what are we going to do? I don't know all these answers, but I know the one who does. He saw it coming before it ever got here. He saw you before you went to the doctor. He saw you before the car wreck. He saw you before it happened. And He's faithful. You 
Look at your church. Come on, he's faithful, I tell you. You got those pictures handy by chance? Can you put one up there for me? Because I got to tell you, he's faithful. I don't know if I told you tonight, but he's faithful. Can y'all see that? Does that look good to you? That's food in Kenya. It's a little grainy, but let me explain to you what this is. This is basically red beans and rice right here. That's basically a potato, tomatoes, beef, and cabbage. Everybody's worried about what you're going to eat over there. Well, some places you go, it's actually pretty decent. If you like cabbage and tomatoes and such, I don't. But You want me to say it again? Did I stutter? I don't like it. But I eat it. Because the grace of God's on it to do it. Normally when I show up with eating pictures, you know, it's cat head and it's dog meat and it's, you know, it's all that stuff. And y'all going, ooh, I just wanted to show you sometimes it's not so bad. Okay. Sometimes, not often, but sometimes it's not so bad. That's my name. That name below, a semi-U is what they call me over there. It means born in the time of drought because most every time I've been, it's been in a drought season. And it will rain when I get through preaching. It will it every time, right or wrong. It rains every time. Nakumicha is what they call my wife. And uh, Nikesa is what they call Abella on there. But it's, you can't see it. Go ahead, brother. All right. Y'all see these precious faces right here? This is why you do what you do. This is why you do what you do. This is why you fly for 20 hours or 17 hours on one flight. And you got nine flights from the time you leave here to the time you get home. And you go without food and you take your bottle of Imodium with it because your system is all out of whack. Y'all know what Imodium is, right? Y'all know that stuff, right? I had a brand new bottle. Brand new. Between my daughter and I, we had five little pills left by the time we got home. See, what you don't want to hear is you don't want to hear this side of the story. All you want to hear is miracles and manifestations of the things of God. You don't want to hear about how hard it is on the body. I'm just being real with you. It's hard. But this is what it's about right here. This is the future. This is the present. This is what it's about. But these are the ones that are often passed over and forgotten. Go ahead, brother. Jesus. Right there. That's my wife holding this little baby. Because at the end of this particular service, when we were there in, in February, uh, we did three different pastor's conferences in a week there, and then a couple more services afterwards, for a few more days. And this particular meeting right here was the first set of meetings. And when we got done, these mamas would have nothing about it. They, my wife was going to hold these babies, right? I don't get that privilege. I get over to those babies, they look at me, and they start screaming. None of them cried with my wife holding them. I don't know what the deal is, y'all. What y'all reckon the problem is? Go ahead, brother. Jesus. Jesus. Go ahead, man. I just put that on there because it's precious to me. Okay. I know it's grainy. Can y'all see the chicken feet right here? Hanging down right here in front of me. That's a chicken body. That's two sticks of uh, sugar cane. They were taking up an offering. And this is what the lady brought. was a chicken and two sticks of sugar cane. This is her offering. 
Sometimes people don't have anything. Because some of these pastors make less than 50 cents a day. They don't have anything. This woman here brought that. That was her offering. Go ahead, brother. This lady here is celebrating because she got two chickens in her hand on her left hand there and two sticks of, of sugar cane. This is one of my bishop's wives right here. and She's celebrating what God has brought. I just wanted you to see it, and I just want to tell you how blessed you really are. Okay? When's the last time we took up an offering and our chicken was up here on the offering? Because to be honest, over there, it happens all the time. It's pretty common. Chicken, goat, something. Eggs. All right, y'all heard me talk about praying over handkerchiefs and stuff, right? And y'all have been with me now through many meetings, and, and I'll tell you, bring it up here, and there's, I don't see anything, so that's all right. But you know what? When you do it over there, hundreds upon hundreds, I mean, they fill up chairs of things we're going to pray over. And I'm going to tell you why in just a moment, what happens when you believe God. Go ahead, brother. This is them passing the stuff back out after we've prayed over it. Because really, it's that simple. They bring a chair up or two or three or four, whatever it takes, fill it up. We just pray in the name of Jesus, God, do what these people are believing you to do. It's just a point of contact. As soon as we get through praying, they start holding it up. You'll see the handkerchiefs. You'll see phones, ink pens, uh, just whatever they had is what they brought. Go ahead. See this lady on your right? See her? Her sister had been missing for eight years. She came, brought a handkerchief a couple years ago. She brought a handkerchief. We prayed over it in Jesus' name. Her sister who had been missing for eight years, guess who God brought home in a matter of days? See, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that this year we prayed over a handkerchief just like that. And this year, just, just a few weeks ago, a young man, 20 years, had been missing. Nobody knows where he's at. He's, he's gone. Disappeared. 20 years. We would say he's dead. True? You know what they said? God knows where my son's at. They brought a handkerchief. We prayed in Jesus' name that same afternoon. Did you hear what I just said? Same afternoon. Guess who makes contact? Guess who's coming home after 20 years? Same afternoon. Another young man been missing for two years. They don't know where he's at. Mama brings a handkerchief. We pray. She goes to her house. She goes in the room where he was staying. She laid that handkerchief in that room and started praying within the hour. Within the hour. Guess what? Phone goes off. I'm coming home, mama. That's the God I serve. I'm telling you, he's faithful. Did you hear me, church? He's faithful. He's faithful to bring home after eight years, after 20 years, after two years. Doesn't matter. We've got so many stories. 20 is the longest one I know of so far. But everywhere in between, we know of people that we're missing that have been coming home after just praying. Believe in God. Go ahead, brother. Okay. Y'all see these notebooks right here? Starting around with this one right here. Y'all see this notebook? Count up six. One, two, three, four, five, six. See, it stops up there with that yellow colored one. Y'all see him up there? I'm sitting in my main pastor's office. We're talking, my wife and I and my daughter. We're sitting there talking and we're talking through details of ministry and future and coming back. Lord willing, my son and I will be back over there in June. Lord willing. And we're talking details. He opens a filing cabinet behind him and he says, well, over here is all the records of all the, the meetings we've had for the last 
you know, 12 years and all the expenses. We've got detailed reports of the expenses, which is what you want to hear. Right? Okay? And then he opens this other side and he says, in those notebooks, those six notebooks right there, y'all know what's in those notebooks? Miracles from the last 11 years. They're full. Did you hear what I just said? Those six notebooks, they said that's all that's in them is miracles. And I said, well, hold up, back up, Philip. My main pastor's name is Philip. I said, Philip, back up. Tell me again what you just said. He said, brother, this is miracles right here in this six notebooks right here. Miracles. Something like that. My son, Judah, asked me, he said, Daddy, did you read them? I don't read Swahili, son. I didn't read them. You know what I know? I know only that many of the miracles. And y'all, I about ran out of that room. Rejoiced and excited because that's the way it should be. Because I can't take it and make money off of it. Only God gets the glory. Did you hear me? Only God gets the glory. Because we have a propensity to try to make money off what God has done. We agree. There's a couple of us that agree with that concept. Do y'all see those those books right there? That's the testimonies of the glory of God. Okay, now really, let me let me just really shock you. You take half of one of those notebooks. This notebook right here. You take half of it. From right there down, that's what happened in a two-week period. Because that's about how long I'm with them in a conference. Two weeks. So you look at it, and there's one month in one notebook of what God did. See, when I told you this morning about going and doing and seeing the miracle, that's what I'm talking about. Is what God can do if you can only believe. So when I talk about praying over handkerchiefs and pictures and all this stuff, that's what I'm talking about right there. You know, all you got to do is believe. It's pretty amazing what God can do. Okay, so y'all want to ask about the orphanage, right? That's the, the beginning. That's the beginning of the property on the orphanage. That's a gate we put up since we were there in September. And that's about all the change that's happened. If we put a gate up. So here's the problem. Real short. Church not far from here. A couple years ago, year and a half, two years ago, sent some money to help put up a wall, right? So we sent the money to put up the wall. So we're trying to build a wall around this thing. Go ahead and send another picture, brother, and then you can get a better picture. of. Okay, these buildings are there. This was our school, this, this tin building here. The government came in just a, just a couple months ago and shut us down because it's a, it's a metal building and not a brick building. For whatever reason, there's some corruption going on in the government right now, and they're shutting schools down left and right. The problem is, is now that the school shut down, the kids have nowhere to go to school. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a bad problem right now. But that being said, we're not trying to build a permanent school on this property. We're trying to build an orphanage on this property. This building over here on my right, this mud hut thing, is I've got a groundskeeper and his wife that live there. And then inside of there is where material material will be stored once we get material to build the wall. Okay? Next picture real quick. Okay, that's stuff growing on the property. Go ahead. Okay, this is looking back at the ground. I've got about three acres here, okay? Y'all see that, 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 that fence on the side? 
That's a uh, barbed wire fence. We're trying to put up a permanent wall around this thing. Again, a church not far from here sent money to put up the permanent wall. I took the money. I sent it. My pastor went to a company, paid the company, and overnight the company went out of business and left. It left 117 of us just like me that had paid money and they left. They just disappeared. So get what I'm trying to tell you. This is not like America where you now go down to the courthouse and you get help and you go sue somebody. They're gone. 117 of us, like me. We were number 100, well, there was 116 besides us. Paid money, and they just left. My pastor tracked them down, went to Nairobi, tracked them down. Philip, he was telling us just a few weeks ago that he had a sit-down with it. Well, they told him to come and sit over, come to our place of business, and we will talk about this. He knew they are going to kill him. Okay, and you say, well, they, really, they would really have killed him. This is not America. This is Kenya. This is Africa. So he got them to meet in a neutral location, got an agreement, and within the next few weeks, next two or three weeks, supposedly, y'all pray with me. This is what I need you to help me pray in. The material that we paid for is supposed to be coming back to us. Okay? But I need you to help me pray it through. Okay? Because the money has already been sent to buy the material to build the wall. We, to the best of our level of our ability, we did what we knew to do. Okay? Has anybody ever paid for something that didn't happen? Same, same. It happens. Help me pray my material in. I need it. Okay? That's why that's on there. I think there's... Is there one more picture, brother? Go ahead. This is a church. This is a church in a place called Chamoy. This is actually one of my main... This is my main pastor. His wife pastors this church. I just wanted to put this in here to show you what a church over there looks like. If it's a really good church, this is it. Metal building. It's hot. And it's rough. But they're thankful to have it. Okay? I just want to tell you how, how blessed you really are. Okay. Let's get back to the faithfulness of God. Is He faithful? Yes, Can He bring my material to me? Okay? Yes, what I'm trying to tell you is i got to walk stuff out just like you do. I may be a man of faith and a man of God and a man, man, I still got to pray stuff through just like you do. I still got to know if it's God to change jobs or not. I still got to know if it's God to do just like you do. Okay? I got to walk through Corona, 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 just like y'all do. I live here. I got to walk it out just like you. Toilet paper, just like you. I thought about it all afternoon, still don't have an answer. Look at John 11 real quick. Come on, Jesus. John 11. Are y'all blessed tonight? I want to tell you how much I appreciate y'all and I honor you. I know I come across hard at you sometimes, but I, I am in no means trying to town talk to anybody in here. I'm just trying to pull out the best out of us because I know there's more. Because I know what God, I, I don't know what God, I know a little bit of what God has shown me of what he's trying to do in this region. But he uses people to do it. That's you. That's you. Look at John 11, verse, chapter 1, verse... John 11, 1 and 2. Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Verse 2. And it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. All right, we know John 11 is where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, right? Main verse I want to focus on right here, verse 2. 
It was the Mary, that Mary who what? Anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Whose brother Lazarus was sick. Okay, look over to John chapter 12. Verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. Verse 2. There they made him a supper, and Martha served him, but Lazarus was one of them who sat at the table with him. Verse 3. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. All right. So who is this Mary? The sister of, of Lazarus, right? Sister of Martha. Where was she at? She's had his feet doing what? Washing his feet, preparing him for burial. Okay? There's somewhere where you need to learn to be, just like I do. At his feet. One more set of verses. Luke chapter 10. If you know Mary and Martha, you know where I'm headed here. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. What's verse 40 tell us? What was Martha doing? She was distracted. You know what it says? Martha was distracted. Okay, let's be truthful right here. Do you have things in life you have to do? There's details in life you have to get done, correct? There was people that needed serving. This is a fact. There were things that needed to get done. But Mary chose the best part. What you've got to do is you've got to learn how to balance what has to be done and sitting at the feet of Jesus. Okay? Because you can't just sit at the feet of Jesus all the time. You've got to get up and work. Because a man that doesn't work shall not eat. Okay? You've got to learn to balance the two. But so many of us have learned how to work for God rather than spending time at His feet. And I will tell you right now, the most important of the two is to sit at the feet of Jesus. Because it was at the feet of Jesus is where she learned to open the alabaster box and pour it on his feet because that's where she was used to being. Hear what I'm trying to tell you? She learned it by being in his presence and sitting at his feet. Serving people. It was needed. But Mary chose the best part. Learning to sit at the feet of Jesus. We can talk about miracles. We can talk about manifestations. But you want me to tell you what the most favorite part of my life is? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. I, I am all about prayer. I'm all about corporate prayer. But for me, my favorite part of my time with Jesus is with nobody around. It's just me in the presence of God. Are you there, church? I'm encouraging you right now. He is faithful. But to walk in that, you've got to learn to be at His feet. Okay? Serving in a church, we need people. We need men. We need women. We need, we need people to stand in their place. But equally as important, we need people that have come out of the presence of God. Because service first starts at His feet. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're serving without being at His feet, you've got it backwards. First, you've got to learn to be at the feet of Jesus and spend your time there before you ever serve people.
Because if you're serving people not from the presence of God, it's from your own soul. We've got pastors trying to lead and they don't know where the presence of God is. We've got worship leaders trying to lead and they don't know where the presence of God is. And I'm telling you right, and I'm not talking about this church. I'm not talking about Brother Stephen. I'm saying we've, we've got a nation full of preaching from our soul, preaching from us, preaching, singing from us, trying to write songs out of us instead of the presence. And I'm asking you right now, it doesn't matter what coronavirus does or any other thing. What matters is you've got to learn to be at the feet of Jesus. He is faithful. He is faithful to His Word. He will do what He said He will do. But I'm telling you right now, what a shame, what a tragedy to die and not have learned to be at the feet of Jesus. Because isn't that what we want to do in eternity? Is be in the presence of God at His feet? To be at the throne of God and worship Him and lay our crowns before Him and join the four and twenty elders and the, and the four living creatures and give it in glory and honor and praise, but we didn't learn how to do it here? Are you here, church? I'm all about, I'm all about hollering and hooping and getting, I'm all about dancing and worshiping. But I'm telling you, for me, it all comes out of my prayer room. It all comes when it's still quiet in the house and it's dark. And I'm communing with my God. You got to learn. This is where it starts. And I understand some of us are not morning people. Some of us are night people. Whatever, whenever your time is, you got to learn to get at the feet of Jesus and stay there. Because when she opened that alabaster box, everybody knew it. It didn't just affect Jesus and her. The fragrance filled the whole house. And when you open your box, your fragrance fills everything around you. Because it's coming from the feet of Jesus. Okay, one more thing here. The night that Jesus was betrayed, he's at the the meal with the disciples. What did Jesus himself do? He took off his outer garments, he wrapped a towel around him, and did what? Washed the feet of the disciples, the apostles. There's something about being at the feet of Jesus. What did he serve? The feet of those around him. What I'm telling you, church. You want to go forward in the things of God? It all starts in His presence. Every miracle, every manifestation, everything that we're seeing, I will tell you, everybody wants to know how to get there. And I'm telling you where it's at. It's in this presence. Everybody wants to know how to walk in miracles. How to do. How do you, when do you know? When you're at His feet, you're going to know. I'm trying to help some of us right here, right now. Because there's so many that we want to read the Scripture, we want to quote the Scriptures, but we never learn to be at His feet. Martha knew how to serve. We know how to serve, church. I watch you. We know how to serve. We know how to do it. But do we know how to sit at His feet? I'm challenging you. Some of you going to have a little bit more time because of the situation of what's going on. Take your time and sit at His feet. You want this church to go forward in the things of God? Well, that's on Brother Jerry. No, it's not. It's on us. We love you. My family and I, we love you. We honor you. We, you are a part of us. We, we pray for you. Do you want God to take us further? You got to get at His feet. You got to get at His feet. If that means turning your TV off, 
I heard one of the sisters praying earlier. I was in the back back there just walking through the foyer. I heard somebody praying about turning off the Wi-Fi and turning off this and turning off that. Sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes you got to turn your phone off to get your time. Weren't you praying that? Okay. I heard you. God heard you. Because sometimes that's what it takes. Because, sorry if I just be truthful for a minute. Has anybody ever, okay, I'm going to do this. And you got home and you said, I'm going to spend some time. I'm doing this. And you got going and within five minutes your mind is out yonder somewhere. Nobody's ever had that problem but me. I'm the only one that, that squirrel, you know. Woo-woo. You know, one tracker, any one trackers in the room besides me? It's probably mostly men. But, hey, we're here. Any one trackers? Some of y'all's multitask. I am not. Am I, am I, honey? I am not. I am a one tracker. I'm the dude that if you get me off track, I'm probably not coming back to whatever we was talking about because I don't remember. I'm the guy that walks into Walmart and goes, why am I here? <laughs> if I don't have a list, I'm in trouble. I'm just being truthful. You ain't the only one that struggles with that. I struggle with that. And I get in my secret place with God. And if I'm not careful, all of a sudden I start remembering stuff I couldn't remember. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Nobody else has that problem, do we? You start reading and your eyes is doing this, but your mind's just out trying to someone, but your eyes are reading, but you're not comprehending. Nobody else has that issue but me. What do you got to do? You got to stay focused. Yeah. You got to keep the main thing, the main thing. When you get in there, you just watch, this is what I do almost every day. Holy Spirit, I'm about to read this, and I need you to reveal you to me in this. I'm just telling you what I do. And you got to stay focused. You got to mentally, you got to stay where you're at. And when you go to pray, you got to stay focused. My kids make fun of me. When I'm praying, it's what I'm doing. Because if I get still, I'm telling you, guineas are in the yard. I wonder what the dogs are barking at. What's going on? Ain't nobody else have that problem but me. I know that. I'm just, just being truthful with you. You've got to stay focused and you've got to learn to be at His feet. How many of us want our life to be that fragrance? How many of us want to be that alabaster box that was broken and spilled out at the feet of Jesus? I'm telling you, it starts in the secret place. You want to go deeper in the things of God? It starts in the secret place. You may not be able to spend five hours in the secret place. Start with ten minutes. Start with fifteen. Build yourself up. It's like... Anybody ever run a marathon in here? Anybody ever run long distance? You run a marathon? Did you go out one? You ran a marathon? I'm going to say, I believe you, but uh, have you run a marathon, brother? Long distances. Anybody run a marathon? What's the... Oh, yes, ma'am. I figured you had. Did you go out the first day and say, I'm going to run a marathon and go run 26.2 miles? No. How does it start? You go through a, you got to get around the block to start with. Because sometimes we come in here and dance with the kids and we get out of breath. <laughs> what you looking at, Jason? <laughs> I'm not going to dance because I'll be doing it too. Look, the last triathlon I did, I swam 1.2 miles. I biked 56 and I ran 13.1. 
in five hours on something. It didn't start that way. Because I look like Shamu trying to swim. I am not a porpoise in the water. I am a trying to get out there without drowning. Huh, baby? But you know what? You keep training. You keep training. You keep training. And you'll do it in a minute. 26.2. Have you done an ultra or just the... I say just the. It's not a just the, but you know what I mean. You don't want to do an ultra. What's an ultra? Anything beyond 26.2? I'm talking 50 kilometers, 100 miles. They're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But you know those that are doing that, they train themselves. When it comes to spending time in the presence, you got to train yourself. Some of you spend a lot of time in your vehicle. Turn your radio off. Disconnect your phone from your system. Turn it off for a little while. And set your to praying. Turn your Bible on. Let it start playing. If you're single in here, I'm just giving some wisdom right now. If you're single in here and you're not married, get you an MP3 player and put your Bible on it and let it play at night. Because while you're sleeping, your mind, your subconscious is hearing it. I did it for years. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You let the Word become part of who you are. You learn the Scriptures. I challenge you in here right now, no matter what your age, learn more Scripture. Learn more Scripture. I'm challenging you. Take this week and learn you a Scripture. Learn you a Scripture. I have forgotten more than I know now. But there was a time when I was a little boy. I was probably 10 years old. I went to a a church fair. You know how they'll have the little booths. You play the games and get the little tickets to play the game. They messed up and had a booth over there that they had free tickets for every verse you could quote. I mean, I had a handful. I had hundreds of them. I gave them to all my friends. Don't you buy nothing here. Why? Because my parents made me learn Scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I'm just challenging you right now. He is faithful. He's true. He's perfect in all of His ways. Would you please stand on your feet tonight? See these pictures of these precious people in Africa? They're no different than you. You say, how come so many miracles and stuff? How come those notebooks are not over here? It's not me. I'm going to tell you right now. I'll be the first to tell you. A lot of it has to do with them. This morning, this, this, this is Sunday, right? My main pastor, you know when his first church service was? 4.30 this morning. His time, 4.30 a.m. From 4.30 to 8. was prayer. They came back at 9.30 for church. Went to probably 2 o'clock. Went home and came back, did another one that evening. While I was still there, we had been going for days. We were tired. We were about to leave. He comes to pick us up to go to the airport. He comes and he, he picks us up. He collects us. And we're in a vehicle driving two hours to the airport to fly to the main city in Kenya so we can fly out of there. And through the course of our talking, he said, well, I was in a prayer meeting this morning. What time did they start? It's three o'clock in the morning. It went from three to seven. Nineteen pastors in that little town came together at three o'clock in the morning. They do it every two weeks. Do I hear what I just said? They're hungry for a move of God. They're hungry. There was 27 of them. 19 of them were pastors. Three o'clock in the morning from three to seven. They were praying. Is anybody hungry for a move of God? I'm challenging you. 
I'm challenging you. Let's get along with God. Let's get along with God. You say, I have been. I'm challenging you. Let's keep going. More. More. Let's go deeper. Let's be that alabaster box that's poured out at the feet of Jesus. Okay? If you're here tonight and you're telling me, say, man, I, I want to be that fragrance to the presence of God. I want my prayers to arise as that fragrance before the nostrils of God. I just want you to slip your hand up right where you are. I want you to tell God, God, I'm committed. I'm all in. I'm in. You know, this morning I said I wanted to be used by you and I'm in it. But it starts to being at your feet. So God, I ask you to draw us, to woo us by your presence. Deeper and deeper into your love. Even as we experienced earlier, your love, God. Your faithfulness over our lives. I'm asking you, God, to draw my brothers and sisters deeper. Deeper, deeper into your precious love. Deeper into the things of your heart. To let the love of God that was shed abroad take us deeper. Those of us who preach the gospel, those of us that teach it in Sunday school classes, those of us that are leading the youth and the children, God, take us deeper. Take us deeper. Let what we do come out of our time with you. Where our hearts are broken before you, God, in the fragrance of our lives, just people know it, that you've been in the presence of God. God, we ask you tonight to take us deeper. Take us deeper. Take us deeper, God. No matter our age, young or old, in this house right now, take us deeper, God. Take us deeper, God. Take us deeper into your things, into the heart of who you are, God. Take us deeper. In Jesus' name, God. So this is what I'm challenging you. As God speaks to you, find time. Get along with Him. Husbands, I'm challenging you. Give your wife time to get along with God. Watch the kids so she can get along with God. To you single mamas in here, may God show you, give you wisdom on how to lead your family. Come on, can we just say yes and amen over the single mamas? That we love them, we support them. Over the widows in this place, we love you, we support you. And we honor you in the things of the Word of God. And may God give you wisdom. May the, may the, the Lord of hosts, that's your husband, watch over you. Come on, church. Let's just pray for a minute for the widows. Those that feel, you know, I don't have anybody to watch over me. The single mamas in here that don't have anybody to stand for them in the middle of all this chaos. And they're trying to figure things out. Come on, church. Let's just pray for them a minute. Let's just stand in the gap for our single mamas and widows in here. And widowers, the men that have, their, their wives are gone. Father, we just stand. We stand for them tonight. We stand for our brothers and sisters who are hurting, God, that are trying to figure these things out. These single mamas and single daddies that are trying to lead their families. Give them wisdom. Give them counsel. Give them revelation, God. We just say yes, God. Yes, God, over them. Even through the chaos that's going on around us. And they got jobs and now their kids are going to be out of school. And they got to figure all this stuff out. God, we ask you, give them wisdom. Show them what to do. We don't have the answers. Over business owners, we don't have the answers. Over our school teachers and principals, God, we don't have the answers. God, we ask you for divine revelation. We ask you, God, for wisdom that comes from your feet. And we will sit at your feet and hear your counsel. Hear your revelation. 
Church, may the Lord of hosts watch over you. May He protect you. May He keep you safe. May the counsel of God be yours and in abundance. May you walk in the greatness of the grace of God and the fellowship of His Spirit. May you be blessed in your goings and your comings. May the Lord of glory watch over you. May He be your front and rear and side guards. For great is His name. And He is faithful.